Kaden PR acknowledges the traditional owners of the land that this podcast was recorded and produced on, the Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples of the East Kulin Nations. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging, and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Welcome to The Press Office with Kate and Co PR, the podcast that gives you an exclusive and unfiltered look behind the scenes of the Australian media landscape and public relations industry. I'm your host, Marissa Jane, and if you are dreaming of a career in public relations, are an aspiring journalist, or simply just obsessed with all things digital and traditional media, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome back to the press office and today we have quite an exciting episode for you where I chat with the content manager of Today FM's Husey, Ed and Erin, Sasha French. So Sasha fell in love with radio as a street teamer and ever since has been a part of the wild world of radio, which trust me when I say once you have that little bit of buzz from the medium, you never look back. Her career has seen her work for a number of networks and stations and has worked with some of Australia's most loved talent, including Dave Hughes and Kate Langbrook for a number of years. This chat was really great because Sasha really spent the time to delve into how publicists can work with radio stations more and looking at all the different assets that a radio station or radio show actually has that you can work with. So this is definitely a good episode for that. And also if you are looking to get your foot in the door of one of the major radio networks. Let's get on to the interview. Hello, Sasha, and welcome to the press office with Kate and Co. PR. I am so thrilled to be chatting to you today. I just had a little gas bag with you off air about how much I love the world of radio. So it is so nice to be talking to you. And before we get into it, do you mind introducing yourself, what you do, and how you got to where you are today? So, yes, I'm Sasha French. I am the content manager of Today FM Breakfast with Husey Ednerin. So Dave Hughes, Ed Cavalli and Erin Molan. Content manager really is just another, another way of describing executive producer, I suppose. It's one of those, I think I've been in the industry so long, I've ended up with some weird title. So I've been working on Today FM Breakfast since the start of 2000, and, so the start of last year, 2021. Before that was doing National Drive on the Hit Network with Hughesy and Ed and before that Hughesy and Kate and then we were doing National Drive on the KISS Network for a few years. And then we had 12 years of doing Nova 100 Breakfast with Husey and Kate, Husey, Kate and Dave before that. So sort of been around all the different networks um, in Australia. And before that, a few years in the UK and then started out in radio in New Zealand. Wow, you have had a very busy and very decorated career. And I'm, I'm really glad you explained that content manager is another word for executive producer because I was a little bit unsure of what it meant. For those playing along at home, what does your day to day look like? as a content manager for Husey, Ed and Erin. So we have quite a big team. We have three producers in Sydney, as well as an audio producer and a digital producer, 
uh, a panel up for the show. So really in my role, it's looking ahead at what we've got coming up on the show, making sure that everyone is doing what they need to be doing and the different different elements for the show, spending a lot of time with the talent. So what they have coming up, they all have busy lives outside of radio. So I am quite friendly. Some of my closest friends are their managers because I spend a lot of time on the phone with them. Like I have access to Husey's diary so I can see what he's got coming up comedy wise. Also, I suppose creatively trying to make some time to come up with ideas for the show and forward planning. Uh, one of the biggest challenges is, I suppose, as a producer, because it's busy doing a radio show, especially breakfast, that you can get um, sometimes a bit bogged down in the weeds and the day-to-day things that are going on with the show and having to sort of make that time to just think and come up with ideas and maybe something we've got on the show, how are we going to extend it out? How are we going to cover it on digital on air, what guests do we need, and all that kind of thing. And then also working with sales and promotions on any client activations that we've got, coming up with ideas for those, making those come to life in the show. There's, yeah, a lot of elements, watching the news, being across everything. It's sort of, it's a, it's a really busy job, a lot of balls in the air. And I think being a producer, you've got to be good at that and be okay with a bit of the chaos if you yeah, if you let that stress you out too much, it's not a job for you. One of the things we were chatting about offline is obviously you need to wake up quite early for your job, but if you don't love radio, it's just a job that you would not be able to do. You need to be passionate about it. And radio is something personally that I have absolutely adored my entire life. So I would love to know what drew you to work in radio at that very beginning point. Well, I never really thought about it. And I was at university doing a Bachelor of Art. No idea what I was going to do with my life. And I saw the Black Thunders drive past. Yes, 30 years ago, there were Black Thunders in Auckland. And I sort of just went, oh, that'd be a cool summer job. I applied for the job. And then first day I walked into the radio station, I was just blown away. It was just like, here are all these people that are doing jobs that they are so passionate about and they love. And I fell in love with radio then and there and went on to study radio and then went on to do journalism after that. I really enjoyed journalism for a while and tried my hand at journalism, but I probably wasn't hard enough. I'd always cry when I got back from court. So I went, okay. I like the skills it's given me, but maybe I'm not cut out to be a journalist. But that was really the starting point for me. And every job I've had in radio, that's the thing that always sticks with me is the people are so passionate. It's I feel very lucky to do a job that I love every day. And even though it hurts when the alarm goes off at 4am, once I get over that, I'm excited about going to work. And every day, every day is different. And I, and I feel very lucky to do it. One of the things that is often a common thread with a lot of these interviews that we do is that everyone kind of knows they want to be in media and comms or some sort of element of that. And then they try out like a few different uh, worlds in that. And then eventually they fall into something and it's like, this just makes sense. How did I not know that this is where I'm? I was meant to be. Yeah, it's. I was lucky. I got into producing. I probably started producing in talkback actually, and then I tried my hand as a content director in England, so running a radio, um, which I didn't love as much because it was more about the nuts and bolts and managing people and not so much the creative side of it. Whereas I love the creative and I love the chase. Like I, I love nothing more than chasing a guest and in an interview. If something's in the news and it's how am I going to get that interview first and I will 
I believe you can find anyone and I just hunt people down and it makes me excited. So once once I got into the producing at Nova Breakfast, that's really where I've stayed doing that for the last 20 years. And what in your eyes makes for good radio? I think you have to have good chemistry between the presenters, I think, first and foremost. Like there's shows I've seen before where they'll be chatting on air and then they turn the microphones off and they don't even talk to each other. And I think that comes across on air. The shows I've always worked with, they talk as much when the microphones are off. Like they really, they want to hear what the other people have to say and they love talking to each other. And I've been lucky that there's always been great chemistry. Like with Husey, Ed and Aaron at the moment, from day one, when we first met Aaron, like Husey and Ed were already working together, it was just non-stop chatter they love talking to each other they're always messaging we've got group chats that go all day every day we share our lives and so I think that's really important the other thing I think is where the shows I've always worked on have always been about we're very honest with the listeners and even if something isn't quite perfect we don't mind if sometimes a call will not be quite where you think it's going to go and we'll go to a weird place, but it is it is honest and it is the truth. And I think the truth is really powerful. And I think your listeners can hear that. So that's what I love about Husey. There's no no-go areas in his life. And, you know, Ed's the same. And Erin's exceptionally honest about her life and will talk about anything. And I think people like that. I agree. And especially that first point around chemistry, you can hear that instantly on radio. You can't see their faces, but you can tell whether they're actually friends and get along or not. Yeah. And you can't manufacture that. Like, because you have to, especially with presenters, they're putting themselves out there every day. And it's a really big thing, like what they're talking about, they're being judged. And if they are supporting each other and are generous to each other on air, then that comes across. And you can hear on some shows they leave each other hanging and it's just, yeah, not as good. I agree. And from your perspective as a producer, how do the ratings and survey results actually impact the direction of the show that you're helping put together? Um, They do, you know, it, you live and die by the ratings really. And it's very stressful. When you have a bad book, it it's hard. I think we tend to try and look at a trend. So rather than looking at just one survey book, because you can have one where you go up a massive amount and then you'll readjust the next time or you'll go down. So we tend to try, I tend to try and look across a year and go, what's the trend? You know, we'll have occasional ups and downs in between, but if we are even or higher than we were at the start of the year, that's a good thing. You know, I've been in positions where the, the program director will have a real knee jerk reaction and it's really hard because they'll suddenly want to change everything. Then you have to change who you you know, put everything through the filter of this demographic or you know so we try not to do that uh, do that as much and we've always gone you know a good story is a good story and we do what we do and try and not let it get to us and get in our heads too much and it is hard to do so because yeah coming from being a publicist you look at the ratings but you look at them for like 10 seconds and you're like okay yep that makes sense da 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 but then from the inside you do like live and breathe by them. Oh, and it's, you know, they're changing the methodology to sort of get up more of the times digitally, I think. But for a long time, it was people filling out a paper diary. Like someone turns up at your house, hands it to you, and you have to, and people won't do it. And on a sad day, they'll just tick things. So it's, you know, I don't know if it's the most accurate, you know, sometimes you'll be on the street, everyone you see is like, I love the show. And then the ratings aren't as good. And you're like, how does that work? (laughs) Yeah, I know. It doesn't really make sense 
that that is still how it is run, the whole system, but I'm sure there will be some sort of digitization of it in the near future, hopefully. Yeah, I, I think they're doing that at the moment. They're trying different things, so hopefully, yeah. Yeah, definitely it would be a lot more accurate. And as this show is made for PRs, can you share some creative ways for publicists to get products on your show? I know when I was at Caden Co PR, like radio was always something that I struggled with knowing like, oh, how do I get a car or an event that I was PRing or, you know, a piece of clothing onto a radio show? I think one of the tips is actually knowing what the shows are about and listening to the shows and you know if you listen say our show you know Hughes a vegan he's a vegan he doesn't drink alcohol he's right into fitness Erin's you know she's got a young she's a young mother she loves fashion you see that all over our digital so looking understanding what the shows are about because there's lots of ins there I think if you know if you've got brands that are associated with what what the presenters are interested in and then there are different ways. Like we've over the years, you'd have product that's sent in or food or whatever, which may end up on our socials. We do a lot of stuff that are on our socials that might not be on air that are about in our planning meetings and we'll have something fun we can play with or something like that. I was, I was trying to think of, I remember once, this was years ago when we were doing Nova Breakfast and it was a film had come out and I can't remember what the film was, but they sent in a massive block of ice with a $50 note frozen in the middle of it and they sent it in at 6am to the breakfast show. It just turned up. And it drove the presenters mad. The whole show became about trying to get this $50 note. And they, they mentioned who it had come from in the movie. We, I think we ended up throwing it down a stairwell at Nova and breaking it open. But I always remember that going, that was a really smart, interesting, different way. I don't remember them. It was something to do with money, the movie. But it was just it was just an interesting way. And it got in our head on the breakfast show. And we played with it all morning. That's a great idea, trying to come up with a concept that will get the presenters not just talking about it once, but a number of times taking over the whole show. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And, and we have so many different elements now, like with all our socials, like we're always looking at different things to do. We also like do a weekly podcast, which is not, we'll play a little bit of over on air, but it's like a podcast of something we might be interested in that's not necessarily on the show. We'll play a bit of it and promote it, but there's different elements now. And if in doubt, send food to breakfast shows. Like I swear to God, <laughs> I remember, I think it was Pie Face might have been launching and they sent pies in one morning and we're like, oh, we're not I'm not going to mention your pies just because you've sent them. They sent us pies every day for like two weeks. Eventually we gave them and their pies got a massive wrap on the show. I just like remember bringing in like Nutella donuts for World Nutella Day or we would always do hot cross buns for Coles as well. Always would work a treat. And is another way for PRs to get their brand on air through great talent and ambassadors? So for example, if you were looking after a big brand, but they don't have a physical product or, you know, you're not going to talk about vitamins or something on air, but they've got this amazing ambassador that we could then give access to. Is that a good way to get your your brand on air? Yeah, definitely. But I think um, with that, there had there has to be something. I mean, we're always happy to give a credit for something. So if someone's coming on and promoting something, we'll give a credit, but we're not just going to talk about that. So it's having a think about those different 
what can them what have they got that they can bring to us that is going to be entertaining for our audience and add to the content of our show so having something they can talk about from their personal lives or an angle or a story or something that you can pitch like that so it's not just about what you're plugging there has to be something else that's in it for us and a lot of the time I always go like when I'm pitching to the talent for a guest and I say this to the young producers we're sales reps like we're going in and we need to sell why you should want to talk to this person on the show so go in with a reason or a story or an interesting angle or something like that and I think when PR are pitching to us as well they need to rather than just going I've got this person it's what what angle or what story or what else have you got that we can bring to life on the show and add content to our show and then we'll happily credit whatever it is that they've got going on as well yeah definitely and I think from that end too that's a note for publicists to be briefing their talent in a way that is they're not just going to be talking about product x they do have to talk about their personal life they do need to be prepped about this there will be other topics that come up as well yes and it you know and it's really again going back to knowing this show like we do a lot of topic because we're targeting a female mainly audience about around kids because you know Husey's got kids Ed's got a a kid Tiff's about to have a baby Erin's got Eliza who's nearly four so have is there something you know do is your client or ambassador someone who's got something that can be an add-on of something that we've talked about over the last few days like or a theme that's going on in the show is there's something, a story that can add on to that. Talking about talent, you have worked with Husey for a number of years and you talked about how you even had access to his diary. So that's a very close working relationship. What, in your opinion, makes a good talent and producer relationship? I think, you know, trust first and foremost. Like as a producer, you've got to be the biggest cheerleader for the show. Doing breakfast radio, it's a really when you get in in the morning, it's a very raw time of the day because you haven't talked to anyone else yet. So it's not like you've seen someone at a coffee shop or you've talked to a partner. So anything that's happened overnight, the first people you're seeing uh, is that production team. So there's really got to be an element of trust there. And yeah, it's like being, I suppose, yeah, friends, but you've really got to trust the other person's got your back and the best, best interest of the show. I mean, people who've worked with us over the years will know Husey and I have had some, we have some really robust conversations but again, it's both wanting the best for the show and and we love these conversations because I'll be coming from there and he'll be coming from a different angle and we'll have this quite a heated conversation about it, but then we'll end up in the right place for the content on the show. And we both love it because that's without those conversations, you're not, not um, getting to a great place creatively. So respecting each other enough to have those conversations and not take them personally and both go it's for the best content on the show and that also yeah comes down to that level of trust knowing that both of you are there to make the best possible show ever that you can have those conversations that could be difficult with someone that you don't have that level of trust or a relationship with at all yeah and we don't take it personally like we might have a bit of a back and forth and then then we're fine like it we're like family honestly it's like a it's like a marriage the first few years you're really polite to the person and then after that you just try to poke at them and annoy them and it's like we're brother and sister really I suppose yeah how many years has it been now oh we're heading towards 21 so yeah oh my gosh wow so we've had babies along the way and you know I think we have the same dentist use the same obstetrician (laughs) it's very it's a very close strange relationship 
You'll need to have a 21st birthday party, I think. Yes, it's odd. And, you know, and because we, we, Kate was with us for so long as well. So the three of us, because we were together for so many years, and we're all still very, very close. It's, it's, a, it's a lovely relationship. In terms of your knowledge and your experience, for anyone who is listening along who is keen to get into the radio industry, do you have any advice? Gosh, uh, you know, I started in the Black Thunders and I can say street team for me is still today the best way to get into radio. Um, I will be, you know, I had a conversation yesterday about what new street teamers are coming through and doing some training sessions with them and getting them up to speed because there'll always be times when I've got someone away and I need someone who can step in, help out with phones. And so, yeah, that's, I'm looking for people who who show some initiative. And I think when I look at produce, young producers coming through, I always say the main things I'm looking for are curious, like they need to be curious and be looking for new ideas and everything and resilient. Like I can teach anyone the technical side of being a producer, but yeah, you need to be curious and resilient. Like a couple of the best producers that I've trained up who are overseas in amazing roles now. I think Nick Daly, who's at Virgin Radio in London, he was working making coffee at a local cafe. And I just went, there is something about this guy. And then he started out with us as a junior producer. And yeah, now he's running some of the biggest shows in the UK. I love that. I love that. Did you handpick this this guy? <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, there's been, and you know, Sarah Fayor, who's, um, she was recently overdoing Howard Stern in New York. She was a sales coordinator and we used to chat in the hallway. And I remember going to the general manager going, I want her as a producer. Like there's something about her. She's constantly reading, thinking, watching stuff, coming up with ideas and is just curious about the way, the way she thinks. And I think too, it's if it's something that you want to do, you just need to get your foot in the door in any shape or form and you'll have conversations with people from all walks of life as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's so many opportunities. But yeah, street team, back to that. That's a great way to get a foot in the door and just show that you're keen and put your hand up for any any role and helping out. Yes, definitely. Now, I have a few PR specific questions for you and one of my absolute favorite ones to ask because I always get a little bit scared of the answer is what are some of your PR pet hates? Ooh, um, okay I was thinking about this. I suppose doing a live radio show is understanding that we work by the second so if we've booked a guest in for a certain time it can't be two minutes after that like we're working to the second and there's been times over the years where not so much during COVID because everything was on the phone but when PRs would be bringing guests into the studio and I'd be ringing going okay where are you your interviews in 20 minutes and they're like yep we're nearly there and 40 minutes later so then I'd get to a point where I'd be okay look out the window and tell me what you can see and they'd be like what do you mean I was like what landmark can you see and then I'd be like you're not 20 minutes away you're still on the other side of town (laughs) you know and if you're going to be late that's fine but tell me let me know so then I can move some stuff around and um yeah accommodate sort of that situation but it being live radio we don't have a lot of wiggle room um and the other thing probably probably is which doesn't happen a lot, but you occasionally get with some young PRs is over-promising. They're like, yes, I can get this big international star in studio. And I remember recently I had a young producer come to me going, oh, my God, we've got this opportunity. And I was like, yep, pursue it, but I will put all my money on the fact this is not going to happen because there is no way. And she's like, no, no, she says she can do it. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, let's see. So, yeah, that's probably a couple of, couple of things that aren't so great. Do you find now 
following COVID that you're still doing a lot of interviews via the phone or are you back to having guests in studio? We're starting to get guests back in studio, but still doing a lot on Zoom. I think that COVID changed the way we do things. Like you had to look at technology where we didn't didn't use Zoom a lot in the past. And now we've got the connections on the desk where I can just bring a person up on Zoom on my phone and plug it into the desk and they're there and the audio is good. So that that's changed a lot. Whereas not in the past, it would have been no, they have to come in studio. We're probably were not as strict about that at the moment. For anyone who is quite new to their career in PR that is listening along, do you have any pieces of advice for how to build a relationship with a producer? I think, you know, I've got some some of my best friends are PR people that I've worked with over the years. And it's, you know, they'll be, they'll be, you know, approach me with interviews or pitch ideas. And it might be there's 10 that I say no to, but don't be put off by that. And, you know, then there'll be one that is the right thing for the show. And I'll always have an honest conversation with you and say, no, that's not going to work, but keep, keep sending me stuff and not being put off by that because, you know, if it's not right for the show, um, we're not going to do an interview and that doesn't sound good. That's not good for us or good for you. And it's just keeping going with that relationship and not being put off by that, I suppose. Yeah, I think as a publicist, you can't take anything personally. And especially post-COVID, journalists and producers, everyone is so time poor, you know, that you're not going to get an answer to every pitch. And that is okay. Yes. And it's like, like, I wish I could reply to every email I get from a PR. I read, and to be honest, I read every email that comes in because quite often you know on my phone as I'm doing stuff I just don't get to reply to everyone the ones I want something that I'm like yep that's great for us I will and I would I mean, apologize to everyone over the years that I haven't replied to all their emails but it's just it's physically impossible with the amount of amount of and the different ways people can contact you these days as well <laughs> like it's just whatsapp and you know email texting <laughs> like you mentally are replying that's fine Mentally, I've I've read your email. I'm just telling you that I've read it. (laughs) I'm sure you get so many um, emails being like, just making sure you got this. Yes, I know. I know. I know. I do need to be better at that. I know that. It's one of my things to work on this year. (laughs) Your New Year's resolution. And, And from there, do you have any highlights from working with a PR? Your lovely boss, Kate Keane from Kate & Co. Like we go back gosh probably about 18 years and I started working with her when she was at AMPR looking after Emirates and doing different things with the races with the Melbourne Cup and you know that's one of those great relationships where there's been some great interviews and opportunities over the years for me with um, different clients that Kate's been looking after and her knowing understanding what shows I'm doing and how those shows work yeah so I've got some some relationships with PR people like that which which are great uh, there will be a million things if I go back. I'm I'm a uh, amazing archiver, so I've kept records of every talk break we've done. And sometimes I go back and read things and go, "Oh my god, I can't believe we did that." <laughs> I love that you do that. <laughs> well, it's funny when you go back to the old days of radio before all the legals about what we could do and what. Um, now we've got to do risk assessments for everything. But back in the day, you could you know set Husey on fire or do 
some ridiculous stunt and no one would care. That leads me very nicely into my next question about how you have seen the media landscape evolving and where do you see it going in the future? I think with Radio 2 in particular, there is always that conversation around podcasting and, you know, digitizing the medium. So I would love to know your thoughts on that. You know, I think there's something special about radio, the immediacy of it. And I think for breakfast, people want to go to work and have a feel for the day and being able to have something to talk about with their co-workers or friends. And that's what that's the joy of radio, the live element. But I think, you know, podcasting is such a huge thing now with, I know, Listener, which is part of the company I work for, they are developing and there's new podcasts all the time. And the interesting side of that is, like what I mentioned earlier, we can we can do interviews, say long form interviews for people that might not be right for the radio show that we're interested in and put them up as part of our podcast stream. So it's an area where we can do different content that may not be necessarily on air but will be part of our listeners are still have it it's there for them and you know social media that's the big thing where my job has changed when I started there was no internet (laughs) like the good old days that shows how old I am whereas now everything we do I'm working with a digital producer and looking at how are we going to reflect this on air and it's such a massive you know are we doing a TikTok are we you know, I'm still getting my head around that. So that side of it goes hand in hand with what's on air. And sometimes we'll do something that's just, we might be a content piece that we think is just for sales, and then it will end up being something that then becomes on-air content. So it's led by social media first. So that's just getting more and more um, with all the different platforms and where where we can get our content out. It's definitely becoming more and more intertwined. And I love how you mentioned there is this immediacy around radio, which I think is really beautiful. And especially with what we have gone through over, you know, the past two years from a pandemic to warfare and all of these terrible things, the new cycle is awful at the moment. But Radio really kind of showed its strength about how much we needed people and how much we needed connection. And I think radio really kind of breaks through those barriers. Yeah. And it's, you know, you've got the callers so you can get people where, you know, we we love our callers and we do a lot with um, them on the show and getting them involved in what we're talking about. But whether it's COVID and how they're feeling or whether it's the floods in Sydney or we're not say TV, which may need pictures, we can get someone straight away who is there and get them on. So there's that side of it, which is what I really love about it. I have to ask, what have been some of your favourite radio campaigns that you have worked on? Oh God, there's so many of these. I mean, the overseas trips are always fun. Um, we did last year, we took 90 listeners to Queenstown in the middle of a tiny break between lockdowns, um, which was amazing. So we did a competition called Bridge the Ditch and we took 90 listeners to Queenstown for four nights. And I think we were two days over there and I got a call from management going, Sydney's going back into lockdown. Do you think you should get on a plane today? And I was like, there's one flight out of Christchurch at 3.30. I was sitting in a hot tub at an onsen with Aaron. Husey was on top of a mountain in a helicopter. I didn't know where Ed was. I was like, we're not getting back on a plane today. We did get on the plane the next day, and which is lucky. Otherwise, we would have been, I think the day after, they would have put us into hotel quarantine in New Zealand. So, but it was a magical moment. And these listeners had this amazing time where they were all so unbelievable that they're traveling in the middle of a pandemic. 
So that was great. And then when Kate Langbrook went to live in Italy, that for me was one of the career highlights because I get, got to go over there, find it find a place to build a studio and then I had all these trips over where we set the studio up and she started doing the show from over there and in Bologna with Kate it was you know it was magic and it was just great being part of that experience with her and doing right that was before the pandemic so now everyone's just like yeah we'll set a studio up anywhere but back then it was a big deal for her to be broadcasting from Italy and being able to set that up and be part of that was amazing. That gives me goosebumps thinking about that. That's so cool. <laughs> so much, so much fun and so much food. <laughs> I want to go to Italy. That feels so long ago. That's a whole nother world. Oh, I know. I was talking to her about it the other day and I said, so vivid. It's like a heartbreak. I miss it so much. <laughs> oh, I can imagine she feels the same. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And now before we wrap up, I have a series of quick fire questions questions for you. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Email or phone call? Oh, I think I'm a phone call girl. Um, may, maybe a pitch on email and then a follow-up phone call. I'm always, one of, my, one of my beasts with young producers, I'm always like, pick up the phone. Like I'm like, I'm asking them to get in contact with some of them. Like I've, they're like, I've emailed them. I'm like, no, pick up the phone and call them. I think that's a millennial thing. We are the same as publicists. We would always be like, yep, we've emailed them. Everyone's like, call them. No, we've emailed. We'll text them. And Zoom or in-person meetings? Definitely in-person. I think creatively, I think an in-person meeting is much better. I know show planning meetings, which we love to, you know, you come up with an idea and it can go, or you need to go all over the place and then come back to what you're going to do on air. It's so much easier when you're in a room together. And what is your favourite way to get information events through a press release or a tailored pitch um your tailored pitch is good um I think a conversation like events where I'm talking to people and or on a phone call like I like being able to start at a point and have that conversation and end up somewhere you know you never know something that may seem like one thing in the beginning you suddenly end up completely somewhere else so I think that for me is much better and what is your typical day in media consumption? Oh, God, it's never ending. It moves so fast and there's so many things to look at these days. Um, you know, I start from the minute I get up. It's really going through all the news, newspapers straight onto, you know, the Daily Telegraph, the Sydney Morning Herald, you know, DailyMailNews.com and all those. And then watching the news during the day, I watch a lot of news. And then at night, making sure we're across all the TV shows, like especially at the moment with reality TV, we, we split it up between the producers. Who's watching The Voice? Who's watching MasterChef? Who's watching The Kardashians? Like you need to be across. And there's so much on the streaming services. It's um, it's a lot, but that's what you've got to do. I hope you're putting your hands hands up for the Kardashians. Absolutely, I adore them. I was watching it last night. Great show. Oh yeah, Chloe and Travis. I'm just like not Chloe, sorry, Courtney and Travis. I'm loving the love affair. <laughs> I know. I was hoping there was some more Pete in yesterday's episode, but. Oh. Yeah, I'm waiting for Skeeter to turn up. It'll be good. We digress. And my very last question for you, Instagram, Facebook or TikTok? Probably Instagram. I use that the most. Facebook's very, really good. I think for me getting to understand Sydney and the different suburbs, I've joined a lot of community Facebook groups and I think there's a great way, it's a great show resource for me for getting information and stories and good local local information and stories. Um, 
TikTok I've tried, but I don't understand it. <laughs> and I feel really dirty. I feel really dirty after I've spent an hour scrolling through the video. I waste way too much time on TikTok. Still have no idea what it does, how you do it, but here we are. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much for joining me today on the press office. It has been so nice chatting to you. Oh, no, it's been lovely, Marissa. I've loved it. Thank you for listening to The Press Office with Kate and Co PR. Please subscribe, rate and review via your favourite podcast app and please give us a follow, like and share on Instagram at Kate Co PR.